Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. YI Pet, welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Patrick Bamford to my Jean-Kevin Augustin. It's Justin Peach. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Bit wet from football this morning, but, you know, mm. tip-top. It is absolutely tipping it down outside. It is. Was it, it a bit is. chilly? That was horrible, actually, because wind was hitting the back of your neck. Well, and there's a bit worse. of drizzle as well. Mm. And there's nothing worse than when it's cold outside already, but then the wind makes it that even bit colder, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I admire you for sticking out and playing football this morning. I didn't morning. play. You didn't play. I have this long term knee injury. I'm out. Oh. I'm now the Peter Taylor to the Brian Clough of the, the management duo of Sunday League now. So I'm glad I've been paying so much attention to your life that I didn't realise you had a long term injury. Yes. Yes. <laughs> bit, oh Justin. Oh you can say something. I was gonna say you ask me how I am every week and I never say anything. So fair point. Yeah. Fair point. At least I try. Yeah. <laughs> it's the FA Cup, Justin. Therefore, there was one championship game this weekend. I didn't realise there was a championship game until Friday no. afternoon. <laughs> until until I saw Klukas absolutely giving it some... I didn't realise there was a championship game on. Oh, I knew that it was happening, but I completely forgot until Friday. But let's talk about that game briefly, because yeah. uh, we are doing a Q&A episode uh, today. Um, but we will t- briefly talk about this one game that did happen yeah. uh, over this weekend and then we'll have the usual uh, news from this weekend including transfers uh, there's one particular transfer that I, I imagine quite a few Leeds fans want to talk about uh, a few polls and then the Craig Bryson pub quiz right at the end of the show so we'll start off with the match that happened it was Stoke v Swansea Stoke won 2-0 after Sam Klukas scored against his old club mm. and judging by his celebration he looked like he enjoyed it quite a bit a little bit a little bit the yeah, old Adebayor not quite Adebayor no, not as extreme as Adebayo, but still very, very entertaining to watch. It, he was giving them stick. Yeah, yeah. How how do you feel about that? How do you feel about players celebrating against their old clubs? Uh, I mean, I'm for it, but like, there are some players you, you've got so much respect for that you just think, oh, don't score and don't celebrate. Like, everyone knows my love for David Nugent. Mm. Um, and it, I'd be absolutely, I'd be heartbroken if he celebrated, if he scored against us, but can't blame him. But then again... If you're giving a player a stick yeah. and they score, you've got to expect... So from your perspective as a Derby fan, I suppose it would be like Rob Earnshaw scoring against you. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't expect him to not celebrate, would you? Oh, he'd love it, wouldn't he? Yeah. He's done it before, hasn't he? And he, he again, he, he gave it some because Derby fans are giving him sticks. So Rightly so. Rightly so. So in terms of this, are you supportive of Klukas? Because he got a bit of stick on our Twitter when we posted a video <laughs> of him uh, celebrating like he did. Uh, it depends. It depends how to the extent of the, the abuse he was getting. I guess if he was getting it bad, like again, you put it into Adibayor's context, he was getting it awfully mm. against uh, from Arsenal fans. So you can't blame him really for giving it giving it back to him. Um, but it's one of those things. Like if you if you give player stick, 
Can you expect it back? Yeah, I think so. If you give it, you've got to expect to take it as well, haven't you? I suppose. So, uh, yeah. I I don't know how far away Lucas was from the Swansea No, it's very hard to tell on the video, isn't it? Yeah, but it looked like he was definitely directing it (laughs) towards him. So, well done, Sam Lucas. But it is uh, seven points off the relegation now, relegation zone now for Stoke. And we expected them to drift away from the relegation battle. Mm. They're fine now, aren't they? Well, I mean, we've got a long... Long way to go, yeah. Yeah, of course they're not mathematically fine, but you'd imagine they would be all right for the rest of the season, wouldn't you? I expect them to get out of this relegation scrap way back in October time. To be honest with you, and it's just it's not clicked for them. Whatever is happening, Michael O'Neill is sort of steering it down the right path, but there's still a lot that needs addressing at Stoke. I'm not saying they're going to get sucked back into a battle, but I'm not saying that they're safe yet either. Fair enough. Uh, Swansea perspective, bit of a poor result. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's been one of these. It's, it's been a period for Swansea where they've lacked a bit going forward, not been as defensively sound. I think it's just one of those waves they got. They they need to ride out, and obviously they've got a few new signings that they're bedding in as well. It is it is obviously a disappointing result, but whatever the 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 game. At Stoke or form, Stoke are in. It's always a difficult place to go um, at the old bit. I was going to say the Britannia then, but it's not the Britannia. <laughs> the old bet 365 stadium. Yeah. Well, the result was see Swansea moved down to seventh now, which um, is interesting because they're still very much amongst it, aren't they? And mm. at one point, it looked like they were almost drifting out of the uh, playoff battle. But and they, they came are, back into it. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to say, they're one of the prime contenders, really. Let's move on to the Q&A, Justin. Over the past few days, we have been asking our followers on Twitter to send us questions that they want us to answer. We've got, we had quite a few come in, mm. so we won't be answering every single one. Apologies if your question does get missed off, but we only have so many minutes that we're allowed to talk for. Aim your abuser at Dilksy Matey on Twitter. Yep, yep, I'm used to it by now. Uh, we'll start off with this one from Joe Wayneman from All Leeds TV. With the signing of Jean-Kevin Augustin, imminent at Leeds, do you think he could be the one to fire Leeds to the Premier League? Um, it's only right we start off with this mm-hmm. question, Justin, because it's been the biggest news of the past week, even though it's only come out in the past couple of days or so. Uh, for those who don't know who he is, he's a 22-year-old striker who is currently on a loan at Monaco from RB Leipzig. Uh, they signed him from PSG for £11 million. Quite simply, he's one of the best young strikers in Europe. And by the time you hear this, he may have already moved to Leeds, who are about to sign him on loan with an option to buy. Um what do you make of this move? Because it definitely caught me off guard. Uh, well, it's certainly a, a statement maker, isn't it, from Leeds? And it's one of those where you think, especially in Bra- uh, Patrick Bamford's shoes, you're thinking, all right, we're bringing in this player who's poss- possibly one of one of the most, well, I say well, most well-known, but one of the biggest pedigrees around Europe for a young striker. I've got to, I've got to improve. So it's certainly going to make Bamford, you know improve his game, be more clinical. Um, but the signing for Leeds, as I said, is a statement maker to, towards the other teams. This is a player who's got a lot of potential. Not quite worked for him, might be fair to say. No, Monaco this season has been... It's been a weird one because it's just not worked out at all. Yeah. He's hardly played in a Monaco side that's struggled massively. Mm. But we are talking about someone who um, is very highly thought of abroad. Yeah. Um, he was at PSG and then moved to Leipzig, for, as I say, for £11 million. And 
did very well in his first season at Leipzig. His second yeah. season, not as well. In fact, um, there might be a few Championship fans who hadn't heard of him and searched for a bit more about him. Might have looked at his goal record and thought it's not phenomenal, which it isn't in fairness. Uh, but make no mistake about it, this move is a game changer in terms of the Championship because it is a ridiculous signing. And people might be listening wondering why a player who I've just bigged up so much over the past couple of minutes or so, mm-hmm. why he's dropping down to the Championship. And what I'd say is this is a great opportunity for him to play in the Premier League. Absolutely. The the yeah. um, because if he hits the ground running, then Leeds are probably going to go up. And with that option to <clears> buy, <throat> he could very well be playing in the Premier League next season with Leeds. And in, for Leeds themselves, yeah. they've needed someone to finish off the numerous chances that they make. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, Jean-Kevin Augustin will be that man. Well, as you, you you pointed out there, you know, it's a move that won't won't guarantee in Premier League football, but it's a very good opportunity to play in the Premier League because the thing that's missing for Leeds is a striker who's going to be clinical. Now, his goal record doesn't suggest clinical. He's a young striker, so it is worth pointing there, out as well. He is playing in the Bundesliga and the French First Division, which are higher standards than the Championship. In fairness, true, but it's a different it's a different. Um, different league the championship it's relentless as we know you know you're playing a lot of games back to back um there are a lot of teams who are, are well, size of club size you know are premier league standard um whereas in in league one in in france just you can't really you can't argue that for for all the teams no certainly um, got a few haven't you yeah so i think the standards are higher in the championship than it would be in league one bundesliga's as close to the Premier League as you'll get. Um, I just made a very bold statement there. <laughs> Championship being a high standard in Ligue 1, but... No, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, well, Brentford get all of their signings from... all their players from well, Ligue 1. Yeah, so. you'd say the... Um, right, OK, maybe you might want to backtrack a bit. <laughs> I think I think it's it's very close to, to Ligue 1. I don't think it's... I know what you mean, but the teams at the bottom of the championship are probably at a similar level to the teams at the bottom of League One. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd say. And then maybe the teams in the playoff picture are kind of the same level as the mid-table teams. Probably lower than the mid-table. It was then, a very bold statement. And then you've got five or six very good teams who would probably be Premier League. Level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's gonna. It's going to be as easy for him to transition, but. Attribute-wise, he's been described as someone who's powerful, quick, um, direct and capable of making things happen outside and inside the box. So, attribute-wise, that suits physical and tactical. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on then to the next question. Gavin on Twitter says, where do you think Jared Bowen should go? Now, this is it's fairly obvious to everyone, including Hall City fans, that Jared Bowen, by the end of next season or maybe even by the end of this month, he won't be a Hull City player any longer because he's going to move on to bigger and better things. So, what do you think, if you were in Jared Bowen's shoes, would be the best move for you as a player? It's quite hard to say because apparently there's been no bids for him, which surprises me. Well, I think that would be because whoever it is who's in for him. I've heard Leeds have bid for him. Leeds have bid for everybody. Apparently, according to the papers. But I'd say... If you are a team who is bidding for him, mm-hmm. you know you're going to have to pay a few million for him, even though he's out of contract at the end of the year. I found out last week that Hull have got an option to extend. 
eh, which I think is maybe what is that might be keeping teams away because that price tag isn't dropping. Ah, okay. Whatever the case, the price tag will drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. longer hit contract goes on, obviously. Um, so maybe teams are looking at that. Potentially, it's it's hard hard to say. I think you you'd have to a player of his ability quality and goal record you have to be angling for a move straight to the Premier League no disrespect to Leeds but there's no guarantee they'll go up this season and if he goes there on a loan with a view to a permanent on a four four year contract you know if Leeds don't go up this season he's stuck in the championship for another season um, so there, there are teams there are teams in the Premier League where I'm thinking he's going to improve you straight away he's going to like West Ham for example who throw money at weird signings Weird, weird signings. But there's a player in Jared Bowen who is proven in the championship and he just needs that move to step up. Mm. And he's still young. And he's, yeah, exactly. He can still develop. Yeah. I'd say Jared Bowen would improve 12 or so teams mm. in the Premier League. And as well as that, they're getting a young lad, mm-hmm. a young English player at that. Um, that so he's only going to get better. That resale value, if he performs well as well, is just going to skyrocket. Exactly. In a way, I look at it and think Man United would have been better off signing Jared Bowen than Daniel James. Yeah. Because Jared Bowen has a better record at championship level than Daniel James. Sure, Daniel James is quicker, but I'd say Jared Bowen's a better player in him than every, at every other aspect, apart mm-hmm. from being quick. Yeah. Because Jared Bowen is a very, very good player. I think he'll play for England one day, definitely. And he's only going to get better and better. So if I was a Premier League club, I'd be looking at him right now and think we need to get our hands on him before anyone else does. Well, you pretty much said it. Yeah. He's got roughly six to 18 months left on his contract. You'd move for him now, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, I would. I'd be moving for him as soon as possible. Although January does seem to be a bit of a sticky month for clubs nowadays, the January transfer window, and they seem to save the money for the summer. But... I digress. Brandon on Twitter asks, at what price should ticket prices be capped? £20. 20 is plenty. For example, looting away on Tuesday for Derby fans is £31. See, with a ground like Luton, I can kind of understand it because their ground is much smaller. It's a Tuesday night, Ryan. Yeah, but Luton's not that far from Derby. It's what, an hour and a half on M1 and you're going down on, in the evening. On a Tuesday night, you got work the next morning. You're not going to get back till get midnight. Train. You'll be right. Train prices, Ryan. Grow up, mate. <laughs> twenty pounds. Yeah. Twenty is plenty. When we put this argument on Twitter before, yeah, um, one person replied. I can't remember who it was, saying that um, because clubs are spending so much, they need to have the ticket prices so high. And my argument would be, then the club shouldn't be spending that much. There's, there is that argument, but it's also very, very obvious when the accounts come out that commercial income and ticket price income doesn't even scratch the surface when it comes to wage expenditure. Yeah. Um, Kieran Maguire, as we all know, is the financial god of football. Mm. Um, and he has all the answers on that. So I'm not going to try and go into more detail, but commercial income doesn't even scratch the surface with yeah. overall expenditure. Yeah, that's, that is another fair point, that the higher you go, the less ticket prices actually mean anything. That, so this, this this is the argument that I think football's sort of losing grip on fans in grounds now yeah. because of the way TV's going. Yeah. Just because TV money is just through the roof. And we've mentioned before the Twenties Plenty campaign, which mm-hmm. aims to get ticket prices for away fans capped at twenty pounds. But for home fans, it should also be the case. 
Well, exactly. It can cost a family of four up to about a hundred and something yeah. quid if you're not got a season ticket. It's, it's it's ridiculous. It shouldn't cost that much to watch Wigan at home. But to be fair, Wigan are one of the good ones. I paid ten pound <laughs> for my away ticket fair. for Wigan, so that was Boxing Day as well. I was just making a joke. Well, it wasn't very funny because no, sorry, it's not factually right, Ryan. And that's what I pride myself in, not being factually correct. Oh, Dave wrote on Twitter, says, How does the quality of the league this year compare to previous years? People say it's a poor league this year, but is that just perception or empirical fact? You've it's got, it's got... an interesting debate, this one. Okay. Because I was looking at it, um, and I, factually, you, you tr- you've got to compare points from this stage of the season. Are we talking standard season. or how competitive the league is? I think competitiveness, it's not been this competitive for a while. Mm-hmm. Like playoffs, you've you got to go down to possibly Borough, who are nine points off, sorry, um, 11 points off Preston in sixth. It's that, open. That's open. Wide open. You're going down to 17th and then Birmingham are 18th on 34 points. So in openness, it, that's that's fine. But then, should it be that open if it's a good league? Standard-wise, I think standards have dropped, mainly because financially teams are more restricted in movement. So I think squads are small. I think Preston are a good example of that. Um, they haven't added to their squad quite like they could have done, I think. They could have brought in another striker. Uh, or Well, they brought in Scott Sinclair. But what I'm trying to get at is, I think squads are a bit smaller, teams are a bit more, a bit wiser uh, with their spending, uh, and I think that's why the consistency and openness is there. I would disagree because I think the standard of the championship is just getting better and better every season, mainly because there are so many foreign players in the Premier League that the English homegrown talent and even a few foreign players are having to drop down to the championship just to get some game time. That's a good point. So, with that being said, you've got young lads who are at top Premier League clubs and then leaving and then dropping down to the Championship to show how good they really are. Like Josh De Silva, for example, he was at it was awesome. Arsenal once mm-hmm. and then he is now at Brentford. Brentford getting game time and showing how good a player he is. Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason why I said it was a good point is because the uh, first player that comes to my head is Pablo Hernandez, a player of his quality, not Pablo Hernandez, as such, but a player of his quality, would he would he have dropped down to the championship ten years ago? No, no, no. Let's go to the next question. Justin Dan on Twitter asks, "Where would Celtic and Rangers finish in the championship?" Thoughts. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have to worry about Scottish fans. Um. I don't. I think Celtic would compete for promotion. Don't think Rangers would get near it. They're my thoughts. Okay. I would say Celtic would finish maybe just in the playoffs. If you took the current Celtic squad as they Mm -hmm. were, I think they finished just in the playoffs because their standard of the SPL has been slipping for years now and it's getting worse and worse and slowly that's going to have an effect on Celtic and Rangers and they're going to get worse and worse as well. Um, But if Celtic were to actually make the move to the Championship, I think they would probably get promoted within the season afterwards because they're such a big club and they'd have much more financial power over a lot of the other championship clubs however saying that I stick by my last point that the current Celtic squad is 
not good enough to get top <clears throat> two promotion in championship and will probably just be around the playoff area. You've got it, it is. It's almost a player-by-player player comparison, isn't it? Mm. The two keepers at Celtic are Scott Bain and Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon came out of retirement. And Fraser Forster as well now. Okay, I don't need to talk about him because we know how dodgy he is. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about Fraser Forster. But it's almost a play-by-player player example. And there are a few gems found in teams. Obviously, Celtic have had Virgil van Dijk, went Yama. Anyone else? Uh, Dembele. Yeah, Moussa Dembele. But obviously, he came from Fulham anyway. Yeah. Um, there are a few gems in every team. But you can say that about a few championship teams as well. Yeah. So yeah. that argument, I think, is is out the window. Rangers, they're, they're on the way back up to competing with Celtic. But... Again, just don't think they'd get anywhere near the top six. In the and the Rangers squad is made up of quite a few championship players who are very average at championship level anyway, weren't they? Really? And a 60-year-old Jermaine Defoe. And a 60-year-old Jermaine Defoe. Uh, Tim on Twitter says, Who would you put money on getting playoffs next season that aren't in there this season? That's a good question. I mean, it's quite open because the, cha- the playoffs are obviously very open at the moment. Um, I'll answer this with a team who I think... Uh, who aren't in the playoffs at the moment and probably won't finish in the playoffs this season but could have a good chance of getting there next season and that's Blackburn Ooh, because they've got a lot of young talent in mm. there and they're a squad that is getting better and better they've got a good few players in there already and if they spent their money a bit better they'd <laughs> yeah. definitely be a force to be reckoned with next season it's a good point because obviously the, the, the spread of their incomings has been really poor and they don't really know how where the, the book lies with recruitment at Blackburn. I'm not saying recruitment's been bad, but certainly negotiation's been terrible mm. with transfer fees. The team that I'd say would be Middlesbrough. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. The the, the young players coming through there, they're, they're looking really, really looking really good. You look mm. at you know, players like Jed, Spen- Jed Spence, Hayden Coulson have been great. Ashley Fetcher is one of the former strikers in the league at the moment. Yeah. Um, so they've got a lot of good players. Whether or not they can build on the loan players that they brought in, that's another question, but certainly I think they look very healthy for a playoff challenge next season. Yeah, and Jonathan Woodgate, we gave him plenty of stick at the start of the season, yeah. but he seems to be learning more and more by every game, doesn't he? The league isn't upside down, but <laughs> Borough on the way up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Patrick on Twitter is asking the same question that a lot of worried QPR friends are asking. Will Naki Wells stay at QPR? I keep trying to find like legitimate sources of transfer, but the same... Things that I found are Burnley are just waiting for a four or five million pound bid for him. That's it, and then he'll go. Obviously, QPR can't afford it. There are teams in the Championship who need a striker who would do very well with Naki Wells. Mm. Bristol City are a prime example. I think they're one of the teams that have been linked with him, but they've been linked with everybody this transfer window. If you were in Naki Wells' shoes, what would you do? It's it's hard really because he's obviously enjoying his football at QPR, um, but do you think a permanent home? is good for him because he's probably got a good contract at Burnley so worst comes to worst he'll just be on loan again next season but the question I'd be asking is if I was in Naki Wells' shoes if he stays at QPR this season sure he'll score plenty of goals as he has been doing throughout this season but he's not going to really accomplish much this season because QPR aren't going to get in the playoffs are they? Strikers are selfish are they? They only care about goals they don't care about what happens but what if he could go somewhere like Bristol City for example where he has been linked and potentially get them in the playoffs as well, as well as scoring goals. It's it's an interesting debate, but I think some players like Naki Wells, who's been 
a fairly committed player over the years. You know, he spent a fair, he spent a lot of time at Bradford, then Huddersfield, um, and obviously the Burnley move's not quite worked out. I think he'd be happy to stay at QPR for the season. To be honest with you, he's enjoying his football, um, but it just depends whether a bid comes in for him because this transfer window has been just rumor after rumor after rumor. So, what would you do if you were were in Naki Wells' shoes? I'd stay at QPR. Yeah, fair enough. Tom on Twitter. Uh, says which team in the championship this season would do best in the Premier League that's a good question a lot of good questions today. there are a lot of good questions yeah. our, our listeners are very intelligent they're on it on it like a car bonnet I would go with probably Brentford I think they have in terms of quality the the best squad mm. in each position they're also I'm, you know I'm they obviously, as we've said plenty of times, they started off the season slowly because they were moulding in mm-hmm. a lot of the new talent. Um, but if they had the same squad in the Premier League <clears> next <throat> season, I think they'd be absolutely fine. Maybe finish around the mid-table area, maybe even top yeah. half. Well, um, and but my point would be um, with all the other clubs that they've shown some of their faults throughout the season, where Brentford seems to get better and better yeah. now that they've got a yeah. more settled squad. Yeah, no. I, I will agree with that point. They looked pretty capable yesterday of competing with Leicester, and Leicester had a far superior squad out than Brentford. Brentford played the, essentially was the B team. In fairness, Leeds did well against Arsenal, though, didn't they? That is true, but Arsenal are a mid-table Premier League side of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not, not to discredit Leeds. I think Brentford, you maybe West Brom, but they need they'd need a few players in. But whereas Brentford, I think they could compete largely with the players they've got. Yes. Ryan on Twitter says, where would Leeds be without Bielsa? I, I, I mentioned this the other week. Uh, I think the quality of players, as I said, has started to show a little bit, hasn't it? I.e., you know, performances have dipped. Um, conversion, goal, uh, shot conversion has dipped. You know, for, for, for as good as Bielsa is, would Leeds be where they are without him? I don't think they would. Because I don't think there's a coach anywhere near as good as him that could get the best out of this lead side a realistic coach not like a Guardiola yeah exactly yeah, yeah okay but even <laughs> that let's just make that clear <laughs> but even that it's been reported that Bales is on about four million a year okay which is a fair whack compared to what you might think of a championship manager what's on. this got to do with the question well it's just um, backing what we said a minute ago they're not going to get anybody else in who's of that quality who can get the best out of this Leeds side okay what's that got to do with the question the question is what would where would Leeds be without Bielsa yeah to answer the question I've pretty much said it. they wouldn't they wouldn't be anywhere near as good as they are now so where would they be do you want me to do you want me to say an exact table position yes eighth okay so you'd say Leeds would be outside the playoffs if they didn't have Bielsa more than likely yeah because of the quality of the squad yeah right okay that, that's what Ryan wanted. <laughs> Not me, another Ryan. <laughs> Went round in a circle there. Scott on Twitter says, VAR in the championship, lads. Yes or no? God, yes. Please. Go on. The officials are terrible. I hate saying it every week because there's two or three incidents every week. Without VAR, the referees are not good enough. And it's not it's not offsides anymore. Like You can deal with offsides. It's Obvious things like Massimo Luongo had his red card overturned. It wasn't a red. 
Mm. With VAR, the referee might have gone to the screen and reviewed it and gone, actually, on second review, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Red card. Uh, yellow card. Mm. Or along those lines. They're not good enough. I see. I find it quite interesting how uh, we put this question on Twitter not too long ago and a lot of championship fans were saying, no, we don't want VAR in the championship. But at the same time, these are the same championship fans who moan about the standard of refereeing in the division. The thing I would say is, uh, I think the championship would benefit from VAR. Mm -hmm. However, not with VAR in its current state, because there are problems with VAR at the moment that need to be ironed out. It needs to be quicker, 100%, because it takes too long. I think whoever is watching whoever the physio assistant referee is physio assistant referee video assistant referee (laughs) needs he will have a 30 seconds limit he or she rather will have a 30 second limit to make their decision and there shouldn't be technology involved in my opinion because technology is making it too ridiculous with these armpit offsides yeah yeah, yeah. I, i don't think it's an issue with var in its current form i think it's the issue with the rules that, oh, no, I that, think there has to be. There some... are issues with VAR as well because the rules don't say that it does. It does take it takes a while. two minutes for a referee to make a decision. But that's what I mean. The offsides they're they're quicker than they are, but it's certain things where I think the referee should go to the screen just to review the incident rather than waiting on a decision, because that's when it starts to get you know time starts to drag with it. VAR would benefit in in any form the league right now because the decisions that we're seeing go against teams are so clear cut the Leeds one Tom Bradshaw the dive that had been reviewed that had been sorted within a minute the referees at this level need help they're not good enough yeah it's true it's definitely true but VAR needs to be better than it is there's been plenty of chance about VAR this season so we won't uh, go on about it anymore because it's the first time we've mentioned it on this podcast I, I think off the top of my head but yeah VAR quicker don't use technology just let a referee in a room miles away decide straight away, is that a foul? Is that offside? Yes or no? Simple as that. Hmm. Uh, finally, let's get to some of the less serious questions we had during the Q&A. Oh, right. uh, Reese Chambers on Twitter asks, if you could sit down with three championship managers for an evening of food and glasses of wine, who would they be? Thomas Frank. Yes, because he looks incredibly sophisticated. I agree yeah. with that one. Sabri Lamushi. Not as on board with that one. I like Lamushi. His accent is very easy to listen to. So. I would go with Rowett, because I imagine when you get a couple of glasses of wine down him, he's a bit of a laugh. Interesting. Interesting. Who else would you go with? you got one more. Oh man! I mean, Bielsa is an obvious one, but he doesn't speak English, which would be a bit of an issue. <laughs> he does speak English, isn't? Is just doesn't bother. This isn't. Yeah, you'd have to bring his translator. I, I maybe Slavin Bilic. Slavin Bilic is quite a or Paul Cook for you. Oh no! Give <laughs> me scrappy as soon as he gets through the I front door. I, I quite like the idea of of, of Koku, but then again, he might bore me after a bit. Graham Jones. He seems very friendly, Graham Jones. And he's been to the World Cup. And he's been to the World Cup. Actually, I'll get Michael O'Neill, just because he's got a very, very nice voice, hmm. which will sound brilliantly when he's given me a bedtime story after <laughs> I've drunk too much wine. And finally, Thomas on Twitter asks, who is the hardest mascot in the championship? 
Thomas is going for Cyril the Swan. So apparently he's got a proven record against Zampa the Lion. I want to know more about this. What's his proven record? Are these underground fights? I'd love that. Underground mascot fights. Underground mascot fights. Uh, Who would you go for? I was thinking the boiler at West Brom. Is that still there? Yeah, yeah. it had had a race with the hammer. Brilliant. uh, At the game yesterday. Uh, And just seeing this hammer run, taking the piss out of this boiler. This boiler was struggling, but then again, it is a boiler. Yes. Um, I wonder if it's an actual boiler. Or is it like a foam boiler? What do you mean? Oh, right. So like, is he wearing an actual boiler? No, is the I, mascot I wearing an actual boiler? I presume it's a fluffy version of it. You'd boiler. hope so, but I, I don't know. I just, he was very slow. This mascot, so it might have been was. a boiler. Or maybe he is an actual boiler that they've managed to bring to life. Yeah. Anyway, what was the question? Who's the hardest mascot? You'd yeah. have to say boiler. It's an animal object. Yeah. You can't. Harm if you it. <laughs> if you punch a boiler. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. If you get some the swan to headbutt the boiler, yeah. the, the boiler's going to win. If we're getting really into this, the boiler is fueled by fire. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I suppose you could turn off the source. Yeah, but then it's, then it's just a metal block. Yeah, but it's dead. All right, they get dark. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the other news from the week, Justin. Thank you for your questions, by the way, listeners. Uh, we'll do another Q&A at some point before the end of the season, I'm sure. Uh, the transfers that have happened in this past week, some of the confirmed ones. Uh, Leeds have signed 19-year-old winger Ian Paveda from Man City. Don't know much about him. Neither do I. They've also secured the signature of young goalkeeper Elia Capril from Kievo. Are they sending back the other keeper? Because the other keeper's on loan, so I imagine it might free up a space for a loan, a loan player. I don't know off the that, top that, of my That's head. what my thinking was, because this player, this young lad from Kievo, is not played very often. So well, that's what... from what I understand, he's not going to be taking Casilla's place anytime soon. So yeah, I but think there's he... this possible ban for Casilla, so... Possibly. We'll have to wait and see on that mm. one. Uh, Forrester brought in Adama Diakabi on loan from Huddersfield. Jack Robinson's left Forrester to go to Sheffield United. Yeah. Bit of a weird one, that. He suits way well, fits in because he's... He's a hard worker, isn't he? Yeah. We can say that much. He's a, he's a Chris Wilder signing, so... Yeah, yeah. Aaron Moy's loan from Huddersfield to Brighton has been made permanent, no surprise there. Uh, as has Bobby Cadovers-Reed, his move from Cardiff to Fulham. Bob Reed. Bobby, Bobby Reed. No, Bobby Cadover-Reed. Bob Reed. Bobby Reed then. I mean, Cordover Reed is his name. Bob Reed. Bob. Bob. We'll set with Bob. Barnsley have signed centre back Michael Solbauer from Gerhard Stuber's former club Wolfsberger. David Stockdale's gone on loan from Wiccan from Birmingham. Who'd want that? Not really, because. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not because he's completely been frozen out. Yeah. Um, but I'd have thought, really considering Birmingham's keeper problems, they should have given him a go. I mean, I spoke... There must be a clause in his contract for an extra payment. And he's on... He's on an, I From an earlier interview earlier on in the season, I think it was with The Athletic, he was on a fair whack. Oh, yeah, he'll probably... will be on a fair whack. But still, I'd, I'd be... 
if I was Pep Clotet, I, from what I understand, Stockdale has fallen out with pretty much everyone at Birmingham, but I'd still be more than willing mm. to give him a go at uh, yeah. between the sticks. Uh, Toby Sibick has left Barnsley to go on loan to Hearts. Not a surprise there because he has been absolutely terrible yeah. since joining Barnsley. Backwards Bailey thing. Wright has been loaned out by Bristol City to Sunderland. And Christopher Peterson, uh, Peterson rather has left Swansea to go on loan to Utrecht. No surprise there because he has also been terrible. Just going back to the Diakari signing before, I, I think that's a very good signing for him. Yeah. I think they've lacked, one of the things they do lack in wide areas is pace because it's just Joe Lolly. Well, the, <coughs> one, thing, one thing we've said plenty of times is they lack more creativity don't mm-hmm. they going forward and they need uh, some of their attacking players to be a bit more consistent when it comes to yeah, creating yeah. chances because that has been a big old problem for them this season some of the other stuff that has happened in the news this week Barnsley defender Bambo Diaby has failed a drugs test the club have confirmed they're cooperating with an FA investigation and Diaby's been suspended while the matter is being looked into I saw someone tweet that it's, it's clearly not performance enhancing <laughs> Am I right in saying since he's been out of the team, Barnsley have started getting results? Potentially. <laughs> one one thing I will say, Bambo Diaby has got massive legs. What do you Whether that say? has anything to do with a potentially failed drugs test, we'll have to wait and see. Mm. But yeah, it's definitely not performance enhancing. I'll agree with that. Uh, Lee Boyer has signed a new three-year deal at Charlton. Good news. Very good news, but he's still wearing that god-awful jumper. <laughs> that terrible V-neck. It's one of the worst things my eyes have laid, like seen. Is would you have sacked him just for the jumper alone? It should have been a clause in his contract. <laughs> Get rid of the jumper. Get rid of the jumper. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to the next one. A former Luton Town player has gone into the Love Island Villa. Luke Trotman now plays for Darlington. Excited? No, don't watch it. No, I used to, but it's not as entertaining as it once was. No. We had that. 2018 summer where we had the World Cup and Love Island on at the same time that was my life will never be topped <laughs> uh, Chef Wednesday midfielder Adam Reach was spotted at a Slipknot gig this week didn't expect him to be a Slipknot fan he's got long hair that's that's that falls into the category of heavy metal fan they have long hair some of them that is so stereotypical. It is a little it bit. It hurts. And Switzerland have made the world's smallest coin. It's under three millimetres and Albert Einstein is on it. It's being sold for £155 and comes with a special magnifying glass. What are your thoughts? What? How? Obviously, it's worth £155, but is it a £155 coin or is it just like... Did he just... See, that's your first question. My first question is, what's the point what is the point in it all? It's a nice coin, Ryan. Why? People like coins. I I don't see the point. I surely people have got better things to do than that, like make a championship podcast. Yeah, might start collecting coins. Uh, if you want to, you're more than welcome to. We'll find someone else. Uh, which of the? <laughs> Let's do some polls, Justin. At the start of the episode, we asked you three questions three interesting interesting Mm -hmm. questions the first one is particularly interesting so Mm. i'm interested to hear what your answer is on this which of these changes needs to be made to the fa cup the most scrapping replays the winner gets in the champions league semi-finals not at wembley or smaller sides play at home all of it i would probably go with all of it as well 
scrapping replays to a degree as long as the smaller sides get more of a share of yeah. the money that's yeah, made definitely. from it. Um, but which one, if you had to pick one the most, what would you go with? I'd get rid of the semi-finals at Wembley. That won by 49%. It's Wembley's a nice... It does ruin it. Climax, it? isn't it? Yeah. And there used to be, obviously, used to be at Old Trafford in Villa Park. That was such a. It was nice. Yeah. It was nice. If you're in Newcastle and, got, and you got to the FA Cup semi final, you had to make all that long way trip down to Wembley. You'd think to yourself, great, I've got to go down and we'll be back here in a month or so. Yeah, this was the argument for City fans not long ago. It doesn't make sense. That it, it, it costs. 40, 50 quid for a ticket and you've got to pay for your train down there. Yeah, and doesn't you travel. It's a, it's a long way to go for a semi. Absolute farce. Um, is the standard of the championship better or worse than it was five years ago? What was your answer in the end? I said it was worse. I said it was better and 80% agreed with me. Well, since we had a debate, I might change my mind. It seems right. like we've got a massive debate going on on our Twitter. Um... Interesting. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. And finally, how's dry January going for you? I failed yesterday. Although I thought to myself, 25 days, that's all right. I'll take that. I think I was guzzling the gin down the first few days. Did you try to do dry week. January? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so 50% said they didn't do it. And 28% said they failed. 10% are still going. So well done on you, 10%. You've got five more days. Five more days. You have done yourselves proud. So well done to the 10% of our listeners who are sticking by it. Craig Bryson, pub quiz time, Justin. Oh, yes. Let's answer some questions. So the Craig Bryson pub quiz, for anyone who doesn't know, is a little game that we play where Justin has six clues for me about a mystery championship legend. All I've got to do is figure out who it is. From these six clues, the player will have made a minimum of 200 championship appearances. So, give me the first clue, Justin, please. 234 appearances, 22 goals, three different clubs. Say that again, please. 234 appearances, Okay. 22 goals, three different clubs. Sounds like a midfielder. It does. I but it doesn't. Will. It's not a midfielder. I'm not going to tell you the answer, am I? Well, it's sounding like you were just saying then. I'm going to go with somebody like Ben Watson. No. Okay. <laughs> I've been promoted from the Championship two times. Two times. And he's had three clubs. So it's by the process of reduction... I'm going to figure out elimination. I, tried, I completely forgot what that word was. I'm going to assume it was with one of those clubs at least. So That's good maths. Cheers, mate. Um, I'm going to go with Adam Lalana. No. He hasn't played for more than one championship club. What am I saying? No, he hasn't. No. I started my career at Southampton in 2005-2006. Being key to them before moving on in 2009. I think I know who it is, but I completely forgot his name. Is he bold? Is it Richard Chaplow? No. Oh. <laughs> See, yeah, when he was the first one that came to my head for some reason, but I couldn't remember what his bloody name was. Nah, it wasn't. It's not, not Richard Chaplow. Good guess, though. 
I was instrumental in my current club's rise to the Premier League, making four, making 41 appearances in the promotion season play, and playing every game in the first Premier League season. I'm also still at that club now. Are they stay in the Premier League? I just said that. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, next clue. I like the South Coast. I represented two of the three league teams based in that region. Dale Stevens. No. That's Southwest. I'd count South Southwest. I'd, I'd count sorry, Southeast. Yes, I'd, count, I'd, I'd count Brighton as Southeast. It's South. That's South Coast. Yeah, but You said South Coast. South Coast, yeah, but oh, come on now. Right. Whatever. I was born in South Africa, Johannesburg. But I've represented England in the twenty ones four times. Quoting I've never ruled out playing for South Africa, but my priority has always been my club football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is your last clue. I've got... Well, that's my last clue? Yeah. Oh, God's sake. So, if they're still in the Premier League... Yep. Then... And it's a South Coast club, that mm-hmm. means it's either Bournemouth or Southampton. Portsmouth. Oh, Portsmouth aren't in the Premier League, are they? So, he plays for one of them, <clears> and it's a midfielder... We think played a lot for Southampton in the. What was the South Coast club clue you said? Which one? I I like the South Coast. I played for two of the three league teams based in that region. The other South Coast one. I I started my career at Southampton in two thousand five, two thousand six, being key to them before moving on to Wolves in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Play for Wolves. I was going to say Matt Ritchie, but it's not Matt Ritchie because he didn't play for Southampton. But I think he was at Portsmouth. Before. Is that your? Is no, that your guess? No, no, is that your no, guess? no, no. So was it Southampton? Then went to Wolves, and now I assume plays for. But was that Wolves in the Premier League or the Championship? Shut up! Now I assume he plays for Bournemouth, but I can't think of anybody. He's been at Bournemouth a while. Played for him when they won promotion. Played for him in the first Premier League season. Still there now. Played for them for a long time. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna have to guess it. Andrew Sermon. It is. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I Andrew Sermon is one of those players I would not be able to tell you anything about no. apart from the fact he plays for Bournemouth. Finding clues for him was impossible. <laughs> as far as career and and personal life goes, very very normal. His career has completely passed me by. All Very I know normal. is he plays for Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. So the third club, he played for Norwich in the Championship. I knew he played for Norwich, actually. Mm-hmm. Completely forgot about it, but I do remember that now. Didn't know he played for Wolves. Didn't know he played for Southampton. Thank you, Andrew Sermon, for being the right answer. He was awesome at Southampton. Was he? Yeah. I don't remember that at he all. He was one of the, like, the, the big young players coming through. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah. take your word for it, but I... Do not recall his time at Southampton. Whatsoever. Have a look at some of his Southampton goals. They are peaches. Avagenda. Mm. Avagenda. Uh, mm. Thank you, Andrew Sermon. And thank you, Justin. Well, and thank you, listener. Thank you for listening to this episode. Mm. We have had a blast today. It's been an interesting one because we've had plenty to talk about, even though there have been no championship games. We'll be back again. Wait, is there, there are midweek games this week, aren't there? Yeah. Are we doing a midweek episode? Yeah. All right, then. Well, we'll see you on Thursday then. Bye. <laughs> Don't say bye oh. yet. <laughs> I've been Brian Dilks. I'll be Justin Pete. Thank you for listening. Bye. Maybe you're all right.